Hey everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the Lakers are wrapping up their their pre All Star break schedule Wednesday night in Utah. What do we need to see to feel good about this team going into the break? Plus, are the Lakers just getting real cheap? Because there are some rumors floating around about how they will not spend money that are going to get Lakers fans upset. We'll talk about that and more coming up next on Locked On Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. We get this thing up for you as early as we possibly can, even earlier on the Locked On Lakers YouTube channel, uh, which you can subscribe to as well. I uh, appreciate all the support we've gotten on the podcast. So, um, Andy, never, never costs you a thing. Never behind a paywall. Always available wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, this so, thing ain't a Ponzi scheme. No, no, definitely not. Um, at least not that we know. <laughs> I guess true. it's possible. If, I don't if it is a Ponzi scheme, we'd like to be in on it. Well, no, right. Nobody told us. You know, no, so no. We I'm, apologize. I'm kind of, apologize. I'm not mad to be a part of a Ponzi scheme. I'm mad not to be profiting from a Ponzi right. scheme. I don't want to be a rube. I don't want to be in a pawn. Right. A rube, yeah. something like that. I you know, where where's my cut? So uh we'll, we'll there's uh, an interesting little nugget about what the Lakers may not have done uh at the trade deadline around this potential Rus Russell Westbrook trade to Houston. Uh, interesting name potentially coming back to the Lakers that I had not heard, Christian Wood. Uh, it gets to both the, the the roster choices that the Lakers are making, but also whether or not Jeannie Buss is uh, willing to open up the checkbook because it would have cost him a little bit of money. So that is uh, something we'll focus on as the show goes along. We'll also try to get to uh, a fun question that LeBron James was asked about his bucket list for sporting events that he would go to. Uh, Andy and I both have a couple ideas about that, but let's start here. Um, the Lakers finish off the first, I guess, traditionally the first half of the season, the pre all-star break part of the season uh, tonight against the jazz uh, who are obviously better <laughs> than the Lakers. Um, and uh, LeBron was asked an interesting question at practice on Tuesday about what he would need to see to feel comfortable about like where the team is going into the break because they played a pretty good game on Saturday. Uh, LeBron is actually one of the guys who was disappointing. And you know, LeBron's answer was kind of a non-answer. It wasn't that interesting. But I thought the question is because, and I'll put it to you, Andy, is there something that you could see that would make you feel good or good-ish or good-adjacent or good-adjacent-adjacent <laughs> about this team going into the all-star break based on, you know, maybe what we saw on Saturday combined with something we could see on Wednesday night. I mean, one game in the, trying to okay. lower the bar enough. Well, no, 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 but I, I'm really, optimism. I'm really thinking about this because right. I think part of the reason LeBron had a non-answer is because it's extremely unrealistic. And I would even say Pollyanna outside of say the Lakers absolutely stomp Utah. Like they beat them by like 35 and they absolutely just outclassed this team. And like say Mello is back. Like I, I think there's still hope that he can end up playing tonight um, against the Jazz. So you're looking at this point at the team and the team puts forth that type of win. 
then like, okay, yeah, maybe like something like that in and of itself is a single right. By the way, against event. a Jazz team that was slumping for a long time but has won six straight since then. So they yeah, are and, back on track. Right. Like, like I mean, that type of a decisive quality win could maybe I could take as like one singular event as like, okay, all right, you know, give me the end of the break ASAP because I want to see what's coming next. But otherwise, no. I mean, like, given given everything that's happened, why, no, I understand. I understand. Why would one game do that, but but are there things that I could feel like good signs heading into the All Star break if they play as connected as a team, like they did against Golden State, against Utah, win or lose, that would maybe. Uh, offer some signs that the team is starting to come together with the caveat of there is still obviously a lot to be discovered. Right. And, you know, we've noted from a from a standing standpoint, um, but like, you know, so they're four games behind the Timberwolves they're two games behind the, the Clippers. The chances of rising above the eight spot, which, again, big difference between between eight and nine. I'm not I'm not poo pooing that um, from a standing standpoint. They it's really now about how they play, not so much about can they pile up enough wins to get to X seed. Um, and so I agree with you. And I will say, if there was ever a day where an unexpected, really solid win, like a great performance, as you kind of described it, if there was ever a time for that, it would be wednesday because then you get to sit with that thing that gets to be the the kind of the thing that you're thinking about you know as a fan as a as a player on the team and all that stuff for the next whatever it is like you know they they play again a week from from friday i don't think they play again until you know the the 25th against the clippers um and so like that would be kind of good to to have that really good feeling that they could sit on, they come back on, you know, from Sunday and have that long practice and all that. By the way, what are we going to talk about between now and February twenty fifth? That is an extraordinarily long well. Time. Let people know uh, we do actually have an interview set up that is oh, going. Yes, you're going to enjoy a lot. We talked with Mike Sealski. Um, he's with the Philadelphia Inquirer, and he is the author of a book about Kobe. Um, Rise, I believe it's entitled. Yep. Um, the about, Rise. Mm -hmm. uh, the Rise. And it's specifically about Kobe's childhood and like how his childhood and teen years and basically how that shaped him and how it all led up to the guy and the legend that everybody knows as Kobe Bryant. But anyway, so and then actually it is a decent seg into one of my other questions that I had for Frank Vogel is. You know, this is a team that has had zero connectivity all season long, like none. And that has been a major problem for them. And, you know, on the one hand, they are beaten up physically. They are certainly beaten up mentally. Um, and from that perspective, it's a good time to go on a break and have 10 days by yourself and, and all that stuff. Um, on the other, they've been together so little that, you know, you kind of wonder... If, if they could just use more time to, to together. Um, I, I will say it wouldn't shock me if they, if they figured out a way to get an extra practice in when they come back from the break. I mean, LeBron is the only one who is participating in any way. They don't have anybody else in the, and he couldn't use a break at all. So it's fine. Uh, no. I mean, I, I think if it were up to him, if it wasn't in Cleveland, I think, you know, Oh my arm, you know, <laughs> like he, he might, 
Look, but like, they don't have saying... anybody in the skills competition. They don't have anybody in the three-point contest. They don't have anybody in the Rising Stars game. This is a problem in, in another way, but at least from a everybody gets to relax standpoint. So like they could come back and get a little extra practice time in. I don't know. I mean, it wouldn't hurt them. No, I, I imagine they would. And this also gets back to my longstanding belief, Brian, that the guys who get named All-Stars are the only people who shouldn't have to play in the game. Like that should be your award. Everybody else in the league should have to do all the all-star crap and BS for that weekend. If you manage to get named an all-star, you should be the one actually in Cancun because you earned it. You were that good. You don't need the extra time on the court. Everybody else apparently does, but you know, it's another it's, discussion it's for too, another like, day. Yeah, it is. And I, I also think like, if you're one of these people who have to pick teams, um, like, don't pick LeBron to be like your your choice as the potential MVP. Pick guys who like you want to play hard. Like LeBron doesn't want to go out and play hard in that game. You know who wants to like go play hard? Andrew Wiggins, Brian, like Demar, Demar Derozan. Guys, let me like tell you that something right now. Go out and play hard. You are an idiot if you are betting against anybody other than LeBron to win All Star MVP in Cleveland. You're an idiot. That's I'm true. just going to say that right now. You're an idiot. Yeah. John Morant, though, wants to go put on a show. LeBron, sure. I think, you know, in Cleveland? in Cleveland, if it wasn't in Cleveland, do you sure. think LeBron would, would rather play three minutes and sit down? Yeah, but it okay. is in Cleveland. He's going to So my, my broader game. point at least holds. Sure. Um, all right. So we'll see what the Lakers do. Um, they could use a break. Frank Vogel thinks they could definitely use a break. Um, and very interested to see what they can get done when they come back because they got to practice in on Monday. They got to practice in on Tuesday. They're going to get three or four days of practice in before they play a week from Friday on the 25th against the Clippers. This team needs practice time. And so that actually could be a legitimate benefit for this team uh, as the post all-star break schedule begins. Something to look forward to. Uh, we are, we try to throw out people lifelines of anything that can help them feel optimistic about the team for the rest of the season. But let's turn now to uh, bad news or things that will upset people. <laughs> that period uh, happened. <laughs> right. Uh, that was the first segment. Now it's time to get back to our regularly scheduled programming of angering people. Uh, some uh, interesting developments in what the Lakers didn't do over the trade deadline uh, and about a thousand different ways that we could uh, chop this thing up and we'll do at least 900 of them next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Okay, Laker fans, you've been hearing me tell you about Prize Picks for months. Have you signed up yet? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You are going to love this app for NBA and mixed sport pickems. For a limited time, here's a no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get 50 bucks for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. Okay, one point. Pick LeBron All Star game. You got this one. I promise you. But you must use the code NBA. That's right. It's an exclusive offer available only to locked on fans using the code NBA. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. And here's the fun stuff you can do mixed sport entries. Like you could do the over on LeBron points and the under on, I don't know, some hockey player. I don't know anybody who plays hockey, but like their goals. Um, and 
Combine those together. Sidney Crosby still plays hockey, Andy. Does he? Okay, sure. <laughs> Pick that guy, whatever. <laughs> I mean, if, if he's still playing hockey based Bobby on Bobby Hull. Third... <laughs> yes. Gretzky, that's a safe bet. The Hansons. <laughs> yeah, those guys were all prolific. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. I see a I don't team want... coached by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> that's not a real team. <laughs> no, don't bet on them, especially now he's not even with the show anymore okay That's it's true. that easy price picks <laughs> save and offer focus damn, come on <laughs> prizepicks.com today use the promo code nba or go to your app store download the app if you're not playing prize picks you don't know what you're missing nine days of shows without games our reads <laughs> could get extraordinarily long <laughs> i'm looking forward to it <laughs> the segments about the lakers are three minutes but the prize picks read is nine <laughs> yeah, i can learn a little we'll bit see. of hockey a very a very special Locked On Lakers, <laughs> sponsored by Prize Picks. Um, all right, so uh, we have talked a lot about what the Lakers did and didn't do uh, over the break, <laughs> mostly about what they didn't, um, because they didn't really do anything. Um, and some new reporting. Well, we thought they that. tried, but now we're concerned. <laughs> we <laughs> maybe were maybe not. So uh, Dave McManaman and Ramona Shelburne were on uh, the uh, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, the big podcast over at ESPN. And McManaman uh, dropped this little nugget in here. He said, quote, there was an iteration of the John Wall trade that included Christian Wood that would have involved more money. I've been told from other sources in Houston that there was a message that the Lakers were not willing to take on more money. So uh, let's let's start with just this because you know Ramona then uh, talked about how the Lakers were quote maybe half-hearted, making half-hearted efforts to uh, make trades. Uh, you know they would do uh, what she called low-hanging fruit, but weren't willing to feel any pain, whether that was luxury tax money or uh, something that might have hurt them a little further down the road in terms of uh, future structures or money they'd have to take on or whatever. Uh, but let's start with this part of it because we have heard a lot about Wall for Westbrook and the number one and stuff like that. Maybe there's a, an Eric Gordon thing. This is the first I've ever heard of Christian Wood being put in there. So before I heard we get that to the money part, out before really quick, I, 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 just, I, had, I missed it. I missed. I had it. heard that tossed out as like a floated possibility, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard it uh, reported before as something that may have been this firm. Right. There again, an iteration of this trade that included right. Christian Wood. Um, so that would have been Westbrook, Tht, and the and you know I guess Kendrick Nunn. Not that that matters in <laughs> the number one, uh, the twenty seven number one. Just from a basketball standpoint, before we get to the the question of luxury taxes and whether or not, you know, how much the Lakers are willing to spend and and what this all means, from a basketball standpoint, would you have done that? I mean, you got Christian Wood's think, a good player. He he is a good player. He he's bounced around a lot, but he's you know only 26 and seems to be over the last few seasons getting better. Right. He was he's he, only really in his third year of being a real NBA player. His first three seasons, he was kind of bouncing around everywhere. He was right. barely established um, in the league. He's somebody that I do think could play with AD as a front mm-hmm. court. Like unlike uh AD, he actually can shoot threes pretty well. He's shooting 37% this season at a pretty good clip, five per game. So th- that's a legit sample size. I think you could find ways to make them work defensively together or more specifically find ways where AD may be covering him mm-hmm. um, in, in certain respects. But as a front court together, 
I do think AD and Christian Wood could work. So, you know, I think we're going to get into this. There may be some drawbacks in terms of the overall picture and, and what this might do to the Lakers roster. But when you look at Wood and AD, I do think that is a working possibility that you have to at least consider. Certainly two mobile guys um, yeah. you know, with versatile offensive games and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I I think, you know, it's interesting. Like one of the arguments against it for this year's team is that they're actually sac- – they, like if you trade away THT and you don't get back another wing, um, like you're, you're kind of running out of dudes over there. Um, but – it's a lot of Stanley Johnson. It's a lot of Stanley Johnson. And, you know, a lot of Trevor, a lot of Stanley. Um, but then again, like, you know, it's an, if you get it to, to trade THT to get off the Westbrook contract and to get a good player back, Wood makes, I think, 14 million next year. And he's off the books at the same time that they want everybody else off the books. You can make a decision on him then to re sign him, go over the cap, all that kind of stuff. Um, I, I I was I haven't had a ton of time to think about it in part because I just I missed that first little like thing that was out there and I was like oh my god they could have done that um, I'd have been real tempted because yeah, I, I, I I wonder if I, I think they probably believe that if the Rockets were willing to put Christian Wood into a deal um, there's a reason you know now they they would do it again in the in the summertime. Um, I think they firmly believe that they'll have more flexibility to try to to come up with better trades for Russell Westbrook once they can use after July first. Once they can use that second first round pick, the twenty twenty nine pick. Um, but from a basketball standpoint, it's certainly appealing. Um, you'd have to at least think about it. Yeah, but- I, I'm not gonna lie. I was. I mean, like I said, I had heard this as something like floated around as like, you know, maybe you could try to make a deal on it. And to be honest, the context was with the idea of that's what the Lakers would counter, like essentially trying to get more because my immediate reaction was, would Houston actually do that? Like, because at that point, you're essentially trading Christian because Wall and Westbrook is a wash. You are essentially trading Christian Wood. For, for THC in a first round pick. In a first. And, and look, maybe they figure by 2027, that pick could be really good on the Lakers side. You know, I, I don't know what type of protections or anything. They'd rather like have THD, who's six years younger. Uh, they'd rather have the first round pick yeah. because Wood is older than some of their guys and they don't want to sign him to what they would have to sign him to keep him. And look, I mean, the Rockets are such a, a cluster bleep that it's hard to know exactly what they're right. doing. Yeah. Um, and why they would say, you know, but you know, it, and it's hard to know is Christian Wood really that good? He's doing all this on a god awful team, would just coming like with to, Detroit, right? Would coming to a better team in the Lakers, in theory, <laughs> it's a better a, structure, a, if nothing, right? Else. I mean, if nothing else, you know, a better organization, better structure, whatever it's supposed to be, better than it is. But um, would that make wood better or would it expose him as a player who just isn't that good and was putting up empty stats on 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 Houston. So I mean I I get some of the hesitation there, but the money part of this I think is what's really going to get everybody's attention. The idea that the Lakers shied away from this deal not so much because they didn't think Christian Wood was good or he didn't fit in to their timeline or whatever it is, but because of the money. And so let's talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Bet Online Football. Over now for the season, but basketball, it is in full swing for pros and college and 
the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey. Clearly, I could use some info on that. Boxing and UFC odds right down to the Olympics coverage and information. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the games start. So again, to uh, if you missed the, uh, the narration the first time, uh, there was an iteration from David Menemann on the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst over there on ESPN. There was an iteration of the John Wall trade that included Christian Wood that it would have involved more money. I've been told from other sources in Houston that there was a message that the Lakers were not willing to take on more money. Uh, Ramona Shelburne also on the podcast talked about uh, how the Lakers were a little reticent to have any future pain, uh, including the idea of luxury tax money. And Andy, this puts the idea of payroll front and center again with the Lakers We've heard it a bunch of different ways, a bunch of different times, starting with Alex Caruso. Now, you know, again with this, at, at what you have defended the teams, at, at the team, if no other reason than the idea that they're not spending any money, they are spending liberally into the tax. I mean, and that is true. Yes. Do you worry, though, at some point when you start hearing too many reports like this, that the, you know, whether they're spending money, on luxury taxes, they need to be spending more if they're going to make this team what it needs to be. Yeah, absolutely. I'm concerned. I mean, to to make this perfectly clear, what I have defended the Lakers on is the idea that a 40 to $50 million luxury tax bill is legitimate, which it is. I, I don't care if they're the Lakers or not. Objectively speaking, 40 to $50 million is a real luxury tax bill. So I think anybody's saying that that's nothing because they're the Lakers, they print money. I don't agree with that. But that's not the same thing as saying that they are always willing to spend whatever is necessary mm -hmm. or that they've been spending you know, smartly, much less what is necessary. And again, the example of Alex Caruso is perfect because forget the idea of the luxury tax implications of Caruso and people saying like, wait. Would you be willing to spend an extra like $30 million for Caruso? You know, is he worth it? You look at this team right now and you say, yeah, yes. on the court, yes. he, he would have been worth it towards the goal of winning a championship, but also like the idea of more assets that the Lakers really could not do a whole hell of a lot because they only had so much they could work with, but also just the idea of like, look, if you are going to spend 40 to $50 million being in the luxury tax, Largely because of the Russell Westbrook deal, which, you know, there is a lot that can be debated with the wisdom of that deal. Even mm. anybody most optimistic about it acknowledge that is really risky. It could work, but it's going to take a lot of work to make it happen. There's a lot of risk that goes with that. Alex Caruso is actually spending to hedge your bets. Mm -hmm. That like that's actually in my mind, in a lot of ways, pragmatic spending. Even if it's you know upping your luxury tax by another thirty million or whatever it, it would be, you're actually covering your bases. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, it. I I, I always reject the framing too. Well, we, you're not spending an extra thirty million dollars on Alex Caruso. You're spending it on the roster because you know why does that championship? Why doesn't that money get assigned to LeBron or to Carmelo? Are you not spending an extra four million dollars on Carmelo Anthony? It is the roster. It's not one yeah. individual player, and so. 
you know, I've, I've described Russell Westbrook as the, you know, the, the, one of the biggest problems with him is he's, he, he's a lot of house. Like if you go out and you're buying houses and, you know, he is a 13 bedroom, <laughs> nine bathroom with like a weird, like man cave in there with like, it's just, there's, there's a lot going on in this house. He's a nine lot of bidets. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a very practical house. It's very large. It's fancy and it's got some good qualities, but there's some other stuff in it that, the, the, my problem with this is not just the you know the the money aspect of it and the short sightedness. It's like if you're going to, it's like it's like buying a ten million dollar home in Malibu, and spending the money on that and then refusing to furnish four of the rooms because it's just too expensive. Like why why are you buying that house then if you can't furnish it? And the Lakers set themselves up to be in a place where when they made that trade, it's like, well, they obviously have to bring back Caruso. Now they obviously oh. have to do all this other stuff now. Um, and, and that was part of why I was so shocked that Caruso was allowed to go for a deal that was competitive enough. That the Lakers could have matched it. Um, and so I, I worry about kind of the strategic aspects of this and like the, the team building, it's like the decision-making that they have, um, whether it's Genie and or if Genie says we're going to spend this much and this is how much luxury tax you have to work with and Rob Polinka doesn't put two and two together to say, well, we can't trade for Westbrook and still fill out the rest of the team in a competent way. I got to talk LeBron and AD out of this thing or tell them no or explain why it's not going to be a good, whatever it might be. Um, somewhere there's a gap in their in their strategic thinking that they think they could spend on Westbrook and spend on that big three, and then somehow not spend on the rest of the roster to to fill out the investment. And that, to me, is what's disturbing, and I would, would worry me as a Lakers fan. Yeah, and look, I want to make this clear. As somebody that is a big Laker fan and has been for a long time, I don't need them to spend money like drunken sailors to impress me. Like, you know, mm -hmm. for example, several years ago with the Chris Paul trade that was quashed by the league for, you know, Hashtag basketball reasons. Hashtag never forget. At the time, the Lakers were actually going to save money on that deal and save money in luxury tax implications. And I wasn't bitching about it because like, oh, they're the Lakers. What do they need to save money for? Everybody, you know, exalted them as geniuses for managing to get the best player in the deal and save money at the time. If they can manage to do this without spending a nickel in luxury tax money, good on them. Like I, they don't need to spend to impress me. And they certainly don't need to s spend stupidly for the sake of spending to impress me. I just want them to spend smartly and mm -hmm. confidently and, and feel like the money isn't going to get in the way of spending smartly and confidently. And, and it feels like over the last year in a, in a series of different events, you know, that that's caused a lot of issues. Like, for example, feeling like you're in a place where you have to choose between Alex Caruso and THT, A, you shouldn't be, because you and I thought the minute the Westbrook deal happened, yeah. we both they're, thought, they're well, clearly, both. Right. Yeah, yeah, clearly they keep them both. But also, this is another problem. You get put in a place where you feel like you have to choose. And in this particular case, they chose wrong. If they were going to choose between one or the other to win now, the answer is clearly Alex Caruso for right now. Yeah. That can't even be debated.
And so, you know, we'll see. There, there is so much of this goes into the summer. The last point I'll make about this is that uh, the, the, the other part of, of Dave's phrasing that I found very interesting was that um, where he says, I've been told by from other sources in Houston that there was a message that the Lakers were not willing to take on more money. Um, so this is clearly coming from, from Rockets' side sources. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. I, I, that, I'm not impugning Dave's <laughs> reporting at all. What I think is interesting about this is we are now seeing leaks, and we we had the the you know the the leak come out that you know well, wait a minute Le- LeBron and AD weren't completely on board with what Rob Palenka had talked about with like everybody says it's fine that we didn't make a trade well, wait slow down here so we're getting leaks on you know Team Vogel we're getting leaks over with Team Clutch we're getting you know it's it's coming from everywhere it's coming from Houston it's coming from other agents and people see vulnerability with the Lakers and. Just like they get their best shot, you know, when the other team comes onto the the crypto.com arena floor, other teams are going to take advantage of the opportunity to sow more discord and make the, you know, try to create more instability and bad headlines and all this stuff for the Lakers. Um, And if they don't start winning, it's going to be a lot easier to do it. And so uh, that was something that I found interesting that it was like, you know, Sources from Houston said the Lakers are being cheap. And by the way, it was sources in Houston that floated the idea of, oh, you could trade Russell Westbrook if you want. Uh, yeah, and and, and here's the thing, too. Like, this is not specific or unique to the Lakers. Anytime a team is going through some type of turmoil, like we saw with the Nets, like we saw with the Sixers, like we saw with the Blazers over, like, the last six months, I could name other teams. Mm-hmm. You always hear stuff starting to come out. It can come externally. It can come internally. You know, it can come from different organizations within the organization that is in turmoil, like in terms of guys just right. looking to get sure. their narrative out there for when the bleep hits the fan. But to your point, Brian, this stuff only happens when things are going badly. The last time the Lakers were this leaky was during that period right before Magic left. Luke Walton was fired. You had the, you know, sham press conference. Happy times Lincoln. those were. I, I'm not calling any of this unique. I'm just saying sure. it's not good. Um, no, it is not. All right. So we did not get to LeBron's uh, to, the, to the bucket list for um, for for sporting events. It was a fun question. LeBron was asked today, you know, in, in reference to the Super Bowl, what else is on your sporting event bucket list? Um, but we had time. We got the Lakers after Wednesday night. Don't play again until the 25th. Um, so we'll have time to kind of get to that stuff. And we'll really get a chance to really dive deep into what we've seen in the first pre all star part of the season and what needs to happen in the post all star part of the season uh, as we go forward. Uh, everybody enjoy the all-star break remember we will still be here putting out podcasts so don't ignore it uh don't get don't get too comfortable in your break locked on lakers on youtube subscribe to that anything else andy nope all right see everybody thursday